talented, but became creative geniuses. They were cowards, but became profiles of courage. And so what made the difference? Well, in a word, prayer. Prayer. And so what do these people know about prayer? As individuals and as a church, we need to know. I don't want to give you four or five. Number one, prayer brings God to us. Prayer brings God to us. Chapter 4, verse 24. Upon Peter and John's release from the chief priests and the elders, look what they said. It says, they raised their voices to God. They raised their voices to God. This was not an off-the-cuff prayer. The whole community joined together to pray for them and to pray for their release and to pray for their well-being. They needed God more than they needed each other. They were not first trying to get through to God. They were opening up to God who was trying to get through to them. We need God more than He needs us. Amen? Prayer brings God to us. And the essence of prayer is to join God, not God joining us. We might think that we have some special insight because we're people of prayer. It only releases God to do what He needs to do anyway. Because He wants us involved in that. Are you with me? He wants us involved in that. Why God chose the methodology He did, why God chose to get His message out through people like us is beyond me. But that's what He's chosen to do. And so we are about that business, I pray. (laughs) St. Augustine, the early church father and theologian, described prayer as like a man in a hapless boat who throws a rope at a rock. The rope provides the needed security and stability and life for this helpless man. And when the rock is lassoed, it's not the man pulling the rock to the boat. It is, it is uh, the pulling of the boat to the rock. Jesus is our rock. And we throw the rope to Him through prayer. Through prayer, God comes to us. In James chapter 4, in the first part of verse 8, it says, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Prayer provides... The communication that puts us in contact with God. An anonymous author wrote this poem. I sought the Lord and afterward I knew. He moved my soul to seek Him, seeking me. It was not I that found, O Savior, true. No, I was found of Thee. Oh, so true, so true. And one of the major problems of our prayer life today is that we focus too much on ourselves on our needs, on our concerns, on our wishes, our wants, than we do on God. We must shift our thought process, shift our focus. In real prayer, God is more important to us than getting our needs met. We live in a time when it's gimme, 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 me, 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 my, my, my. Wouldn't you like to be a CEO of a major corporation in America that's going to receive bailout money to which you're only allowed the cap ceiling amount of $500,000 in bonus pay. They're going to struggle on that, folks. You know they are. 
I mean, I'm not sure that 500,000 is enough, don't you think? I mean, after all, these are high-powered CEOs of major corporations in our country. And, well, I mean, after all, they ought to receive full compensation and bonuses for work that they've done. Oh, far be it that they took their company from this point down to this point. I thought production was important. In fact, Jesus said, if you're not producing, we cut you off and throw you into the fire. Hmm, that'd be fun for some CEOs, wouldn't it? A little trickle down coming. Since that guy's no longer with us, can we just have the 500,000 trickle on down to some of us? Hey, man, now we're talking. Hey, that's a new philosophy. Let's do some lopping, throwing in the fire, and trickle down to the folks that really got them there in the first place. Hallelujah. Amen? Are you with me? Oh, no amens here? All right. (laughs) Secondly, prayer changes us. A well-known preacher began his message by saying thunderously, prayer doesn't change God. The audience fell silent. Prayer doesn't change things. He goes on to say, prayer doesn't change circumstances. And then he yelled, prayer changes us. I've told you the story, and it's a true story. Some years ago, a lady in her church who has moved away came to me and she said, you know, Preacher, we're praying for you that you become a better preacher. And I thought, man, that's a how you doing today too, you know, statement. And it's about three months later, she came to me just right here in the center aisle, right here. I'll guarantee you. She came to me and she said, you know what? You are preaching better. Well, what changed? Well, I hope my preaching got a little better. But I believe her heart got a little different, don't you? Because that's what happens when we pray. Often prayer reflects the statement, everyone thinks of changing humanity, but no one thinks of changing themselves. Real prayer changes us. The prayers of the early disciples changed them. Look at verse 13 of chapter 4. They were once timid and afraid and hiding and embarrassed and ashamed. And the adversary says, says they, they were uneducated and untrained men. Through their prevailing prayers, God changed them. He took wimps and transformed them into warriors. Look at verse 13. That's how the latter part of verse 13. That's how I know that. Because what made the difference is again their adversary said they were amazed and knew that they had what? What's your Bible say? Been with Jesus. Underline that, highlight that. They had been with Jesus. Real prayer is not. Only soul-satisfying, it's life-changing. Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline, he wrote this, To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. The closer we come to the heartbeat of God, the more we see our need, and the more we desire to be conformed to Christ. Don't pray unless you want to change. Prayer propels us to action. Prayer prayer advances God's kingdom. Prayer ignites a church to move outside its walls. Thirdly, prayer unleashes the power of God. There are two characteristics dominated by the apostles' prayer meetings. One was God's presence, and the other 
was God's power. Look in chapter 4 at verse 30. It says, While you stretch out your hand for healing signs and wonders to be performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Peter and John were, were chiding the people. And the book of Acts, which is often called the Acts of the Apostles, but a better title is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It records one example after another of God answering prayer after prayer after prayer. And the power and the presence of God are unleashed. Look at verse 31. Because the disciples in Jerusalem were experiencing the power of God in a very tangible, real way. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. Now, was it literally shaken? Was it the thundering voice of God? Was it the sky and the thunder clapping in the sky? Was it the actual foundation of the building? Was it the walls? It doesn't matter. The bottom line is that it was shaken because of the prayers of the people corporately together focused on one thing. Hallelujah. It makes a difference. The power felt in two ways. One on the human front. Sidlow Baxter wrote this, Men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. (laughs) So on the human side, you change people. Because it says the chief priests and the elders knew that these were disciples and they were unschooled and they were ordinary men, but they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And through their prayers, God's hand brought healing and miracles to human hearts and human lives. And then there's the spiritual side. There's the human side. There's the spiritual side. Samuel Chadwick said, The one concern of the devil is to keep saints from prayer. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. When the church prays, Satan takes notice. So are you praying? Are you praying? Well, we have a prayer meeting. Isn't that all we need? Mm, That's good for those that come to it. Are you praying? I had a guy when I challenged, years ago, I challenged you with that same question. Are you praying? He got upset at me. He said, well, how do you know I'm not praying? I said, I didn't say you weren't praying. I just simply said, are you praying? He must not be praying if he got upset about me asking if you're praying. Good thought, isn't it? Who gets upset about tithing sermons? Those that don't tithe. Who gets upset about those who talk when I talk about soul winning? Those that aren't winning soul. Are you with me? That's what we get upset about. We get upset about some of the silliest things. A spiritual awakening took place as a result of Peter and John's prayer. The practice of prayer in a believer's life is an incredible, virtually untapped power source. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer prevails. Prayer turns ordinary men and women into powerful people. Fourthly, prayer prepares us to share our faith boldly. Look at verse 29. The early disciples prayed, Grant that your slaves may speak your message with complete boldness. And then jump down to verse 31 and look at the result. When they had prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak God's message with what? Boldness! What is boldness? Being loud? No. Sometimes. Bold is confidence. 
Bold is, I'm going to stand up. I don't care what you got to say. Bold is, I'm here. Knock me down if you need to. But I'm going to get back up. That's what boldness is. Boldness is looking in the face of trial and tribulation and struggle and saying it don't matter because I've got God. Boldness is standing before God and, and when the doctors tell you you've got this dreaded disease that you look at that doctor and you say, but I've got God. You see, God can do immeasurably more than we ever hope or ask, according to Ephesians 4.20. Boldness was the outward sign of the Holy Spirit's control of their lives. The Holy Spirit living in us is a guaranteed deposit from God, from Jesus, that He means business when He says, I'll save you. He gives us the Holy Spirit to show that He means business. Man, you can't beat that, eh? You can't beat that. Prayer prepares and equips us to tell the story of Jesus through personal experience. We can't tell that story if we've never experienced that powerful indwelling presence. It's like going to a ball game. I remember when uh, Megan surprised Corey and took him to a Denver Broncos ball game. The only part, bad part about that, I mean, he had the little hat, the Bronco hat. They had the shirts on. I mean, they were just Broncoed out. And you know how Bronco fans can be. They're like any fans. They just kind of get rabid, you know. But the bad part is that Megan's brother lives in Kansas City, and he got him some great tickets, but on the Kansas City side. Well, I'm telling you. You could see it on TV. They were fanning across all that red and white, red and white, red and white, purple and orange, what? Or blue and orange or whatever that is. And there's Corey Megan. You know, here we go. Right in the middle. But boy, don't mess with them. And you could see the fans sitting around them going, hey, what are they doing here? You know? But you know, they were bold, weren't they? That's bold to sit in the middle of the Kansas City Chiefs sideline. Right in the middle of them with the Bronco stuff on. And then Corey went in the morning when I said, yeah, they want to hire Mike Shanahan since Denver fired him. He said, I'm done. I, that's over. I can't, you know, I can't have Rabid fans. OU fans. They're like that, aren't they? Ooh, it got deathly silent in here. Didn't it? Ooh. Well, then gone from preaching to meddling now. Move on, preacher. Boy, we talk about jinx union. Same way, don't we? We all get our eyes glazed over and we start frothing at the mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Nah. Nah. How foolish are we to go to spiritual battle without prayer? Prayer creates boldness in us. John Henry Jowett claimed that it is in the field of prayer that life's critical battles are won or lost. Whew. True. True. So true. You may not realize it, but God is working powerfully around our world today. Now, you, if you haven't heard anything I've said all day, please hear this. People are coming to faith in Christ because believers are sharing their faith. In fact, some view it as the greatest move of God ever. Christianity is rapidly advancing all over the world. China, India, Africa, Central and South America. 
According to one researcher, if Christianity, listen to this, if Christianity keeps growing at the same pace that it is today, the whole world will be Christian by 2032. Four places where Christianity is not growing and advancing. Australia, Japan, Western Europe, and North America. We're in the top four of non-producing Christians. Hello, church. Did you hear what I said? Have we become so satisfied? As believers and as a church, we will only be as triumphant in storming the lines of evil for the souls of men and women when we pray. Evelyn Christensen is a tremendous Christian author and speaker. Tells the time that she led a prayer seminar to a large Texas church of over 2,000 people and she was talking to the pastor. In fact, his wife uh, and the pastor walked her out to her car after this all-day prayer seminar. She had given the invitation to pray aloud in groups and over one-fourth of the people, many weeping, repented and boldly invited Jesus into their hearts. And the pastor asked Evelyn, to what do you owe that kind of power? Well, Evelyn was kind of taken aback, and she looked at him. She said, well, prayer, of course. And so then he said, well, what kind of prayer? First of all, the prayer of the committee who invited me to come here. They signed a contract promising to get a representative from the churches in the community and pray together for at least six months before I came. I said I wouldn't come unless they did. Then last night, we kicked off the seminar with an evening of prayer, and once again pleading for those who didn't know Jesus. My own board members pray every day. I have a prayer calendar that includes a special intercessor of the day. My telephone prayer chains pray three times a week. Thousands of my newsletter subscribers pray. We have a group that prays around the clock for special events and overseas trips. Plus the prayers of friends, family, and my own prayers several hours each day. This pastor looks at Evelyn Christensen in, in, in total silence. And he asks her, What would happen if I, as a pastor of this church, had that kind of prayer? To which she replied, Sir, you wouldn't be able to get all the new believers into your overcrowded sanctuary. So River Oaks, what are we going to do about that? I see empty seats out here this morning. I see empty seats out here. What would God have us do? Offer bold prayers that reflect strong faith and secure hope. And let's not just talk about prayer. Let's not just have seminars on prayer and read books about prayer and listen to sermons about prayer. Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray for a harvest? You see, sometimes we don't want to pray because we really don't want the results. You see, we've had this banner hanging on our wall for a number of years now. Seek and save the lost. What are we doing about that? Seeking any of them? I talked to a friend of mine. He's a member of a church down in Oklahoma City. He said Sunday, just a few Sundays ago, a obvious drunk guy 
came in the door of their church and walked up and sat down in the second row. And every row he passed, the smell reeked off of him. Sermon, I mean, sermons going on, services going on. This guy just walked up to sit down. Well, one of the deacons doing what he's supposed to do came up and got him by the arm and escorted him out, right? That's what you do. And he did. He escorted him out. My friend said he got up and walked out behind him, put his arm around the guy and sat down with him in the foyer and said, man, what'd you come for? He said, oh my goodness. Hey, I, I just want to go up and tell him I'm sorry. I just want to tell Jesus I'm sorry. And my friend didn't do anything about that. And I said, I said, Jim, the only thing I would have encouraged you to do different is to walk back into the service and sit down next to him. Even interrupt the preacher and say, Preacher, we got a need here today. This man wants to cry out to Jesus. Can we stop a minute and let him do it? And you might say, Well, now that just disrupts the service now, preacher. <laughs> Those are Holy Spirit interruptions, folks. And if we preachers are not sensitive to the move of the Spirit because we think our words are so important, when God moves, let's recognize God moving. God does not want this church to sit like it is. He wants this church to grow in number. He wants this church to be filled. We need to do two, three, four, five services a weekend. Ooh, glory to God. Where old Corey out playing the guitar with Five services. What do you mean five services? Now, preacher, hey, dude, ain't there ain't no way we can do that. Not with that kind of thinking. But if we begin to pray as a church for the lost, we don't know what God will do, do we? But I'm telling you, if we'll pray, He'll hear us. And if we're earnest about our prayer, He'll hear us. We need to come together as a church and pray for the same thing. We need to pray for our youth group to grow. Oh, we bought a bigger vehicle. Who cares? Now we may not have to buy another one. Wouldn't it be great if these guys right up on the front row started getting on fire for God and started bringing their friends and started winning them to Christ? Because there's a bunch of them that are lost and going to hell and they need to bring them to Jesus, don't they? Yeah, just like the parents of these kids that you know. Yeah, just like your friend down the street, your neighbor down the street who doesn't go to church anywhere. Invite them to come with you. Ah, get involved. Prayer makes a difference. And prayer will give you boldness. Father, I ask you this morning. I ask you this morning. As the souls of men and women hang in the balance, could we become, could we become as your church a catalyst, a catalyst for people to come to you? Could we, through our focused prayer as a corporate body in Christ believe in one accord with one heart, one heartbeat one soul, one mind arm in arm, hand in hand could we believe and pray for the lost that you would send them to us Father it's got to start with me I can't expect them to pray that prayer if I don't pray that prayer and Father I'm praying that prayer you shook me this morning at 540 Satan attacked me at the same time because he knew what you were calling me to do. I'm so glad I listened to your spirit. Oh, Father, would you today, would you today
move in the lives of our people here. Father, our young people. Oh, they have such an opportunity. They don't even know. That's the bad part. They don't even know how much opportunity they have. Now, Father, they've got to walk a walk. You can't talk it if you don't walk it. But you've put them, they're athletes, they're, they're in positions of influence. God, oh my goodness, Lord, they have opportunity. Would you fill these young people with your spirit? Father, would you fill the parents of these young people with your spirit? Would they understand and see the opportunity? As their friends come through the house, would those parents seize that opportunity to find out where they go to church? Do they know Jesus? Are they saved? Father, there's people not here today. For whatever reason, will we have the courage to get on the phone? Will we be bold enough to get on the phone, call them and say, I missed you today. When you're not here, it's a, it's, it, there's a hole and we miss you. Father, every seat that's empty, we need it filled next week. And it can happen if we will get involved in your spirit and let you flow through us. And we'll be bold to stand and invite our friends. We'll be bold and we'll stand and invite those that are around us. Father, we pray, we earnestly pray that you will move and do a mighty movement in us here today. Lord, we ask you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, there's probably people here that need to, now not probably, I know there are. People that need to make decisions about you. Been kind of floating along and not really getting excited about much. Just have become complacent. Would you stir the fire that was deep in them at one time? Would you stir that and would you blow on that? And Father, would your spirit move through them to where they're uncomfortable and they've got to do something? They got to do something. And God, would you fill them with a boldness to say things they've never believed they'd ever say? Why? Because they're leaning on you. Leaning on you. If there's a decision to be made, God, would they make it? Have the courage to make it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's stand and sing as they lead us in this great, great song. Let's.